If you're looking for success, it's in the details. Small hinges move big doors. And now your host, Karen Allen. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of In The Details. I am looking forward to this conversation because before meeting Zakia Blaine, I went onto her Instagram and fell in love with everything that this woman is about. And I have no doubt by the end of the conversation, you are going to love her just as much as I do, if not more. So Zakia, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I'm so happy to be here. I just, I love your energy. I guess, <laughs> like, you know how you meet somebody and you're like, oh, I like her. Like, she could be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I felt that way about you before I even heard your voice. So yes, we are on the same page with that. So yes. you are the founder of an inclusive athleisure wear, yes. SBF Body. First, what does SBF stand for? <laughs> It's funny because people ask me now, they're like, what does FBF stand for? And the reason why our business really grew is because the name is so unique. So FBF actually stands for fuck being fat. Hey, hold on. <laughs> Let's go. Tell me how you came up with that name. I want the moment, the details, <laughs> give it all to me. So uh, it was 2011. I was teaching in the school district of Philadelphia at the time. And it was summer, a day like today. It was hot outside. And myself and one of my coworkers, we would go during our lunch break and we would walk Cobbs Creek. So we were walking through Cobbs Creek. We were sweating. It was like 98 degrees. And she was like, man, fuck being fat. And I was like, man, fuck being fat. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, I'm going to put that on some t-shirts one day. And she was like, I'll wear it. And I was like, I won't put it on. I said, because that's how people feel, but nobody ever really wants to say it, you know? Um, and this is, again, this is 10 years ago. So this was not at a time when, you know, I've been a fat girl all my life and I'm not afraid of the word fat, you know? It doesn't uh, bother me. It is what it is, right? So for me, it was really taking back that power of mm. the, the term that many people use to call, you know, somebody who grew up as a big girl, the first thing people say about you, well, you fat. So, mm. you know, like, yeah, I'm so cute, I'm educated. I'm all of these things. And so the only insult that you can come up with is calling me fat. I'll be that right. Because you can't mm. come up with anything else, but that's the first thing people like to insult, you know, someone who is fat. That's the first thing they throw out. Oh, I can't believe she did this. She's fat. And so, Mm-hmm. So for me, it was taking back that power in that word and building a community of people who were happy in the skin that they're in, but still wanted to live their best, most healthy life. That is our mission statement mm-hmm. is, you know, I'm going to empower you to love the body that you're in. Meanwhile, you still may want to change that body. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because that's a good point right there, because sometimes people will say, oh, you're overweight, you're fat, what have you. So you should change. But like, no, what if you're talking to the person who's like, uh, excuse me, I'm completely comfortable and confident in my skin. Exactly. Exactly. Because people assume that when you are overweight, when you're plus size, when you're fat, they assume that you have low self-esteem, that you don't love your body, that you want to be something different. And many people don't. But on the other hand, some people do. Yes. And that doesn't mean that you still don't love this fat body the same as you would love your skinny body, right? Yes. You know, because I've been a size eight and I've been a size 18. Mm-hmm. And all in between, I've loved each body that I've been in. Mm-hmm. And I've been the same person. You know, I just recently have lost 57 pounds. This is this thing has been a journey again, 
right? Yeah. Again, 57 pounds again. And people are like, oh, I see you showing out. I'm like, I've been showing out. I said, <laughs> because <laughs> I was showing out at 268 and I'm going to show out at 210. Yeah. I'm going to show the skin. I'm going to wear what I want and I'm going to be fly while I'm doing it. Yeah. And so, you know, we created, I created first the Fuck Being Fat Challenge, which was a weight loss challenge um, that I started on Instagram. And that's really how the business got started with my intellectual property of creating this, this weight loss challenge that wasn't restrictive, but really focusing on lifestyle change and community. And I would pay whoever lost the most amount of weight. Mm. And that's really how FBF grew mm. because of the challenges and they worked and people were losing weight and they were also building community. But then you know, they wanted something to wear to the gym. And so that's when I decided to put fuck being fat on a t-shirt. Yeah. And so we started with the challenges in August, which is our anniversary. And then we started, sold our first t-shirt Black Friday, 2020, 2012. I was in South Carolina and my grandparents dining room table. When we launched, we had four t-shirts that I started with $75. And I didn't have the t-shirt at the time. I literally just had samples of the t-shirts. Yeah. Um, and we hit launch and we just started to sell out and I would go out to places and um, travel by myself. And again, fuck me fat was catchy. Like everybody was like, what is this? You know, and then um, my cousin was doing Selena Johnson's hair at the time. And she had on a fuck being fat sweatshirt. Selena was on a weight loss journey at the time. And so she wanted it. And she was on R&B Divas on VH1 at the time. Mm -hmm. So she would wear fuck being fat t-shirts. And then everybody was like, what's this? What's this? And so it really kind of just grew mm -hmm. um, from the t-shirt. That's and amazing. It's funny. I love the duality of that. Because you can be, you, I mean, when you think about it, you could take it two different ways where you're like, fuck being fat. I don't want this. Mm -hmm. Or you could be like, fuck being fat. It is what it is. Like, right. You know, it and, is what it and is. You can actually be both. Exactly. At the same time. I think Two things can be true at the same time. I say yes. that all the time. Two I talk about be that true too. at the same time. Yes. And I, but I love how the brand not only stands for that, but it embraces it in a way. And it gives a space, a community for the like-minded who also embrace that because it's almost like, you know, for, let me put it a different way for some of the listeners. So if you are scrolling on Instagram, we'll say, and you see one of your friends and they're on a vacation and you're like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. They look like they're having so much fun and you feel joy for them. And you're also like, but man, I want to be on vacation. Like I want to be there. And you feel right. jealousy, not because of what they have, but because you want the same thing. You in one moment are feeling both joy and jealousy. Why? Because we are expansive beings and we can hold the inside of us, we can feel so many different complex things. And I love how this brand is right there in the complexity and giving a safe space for people to stand there. Kudos to you, Zakia. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate I love that. that. And so, I think that that's why our, we became so popular because it also gave a place of community for people who were overlooked by, you know, the fitness world, right? Yes. You know, when you looked at fitness companies and uh, big fitness brands in 2012, they weren't including plus bodies. I mean, you weren't even seeing that on a lot of advertisements and billboards, right? Exactly. They were not, in, they just started including it maybe two years ago. Yes. Where exactly. it was like, oh, now we need to be brand inclusive. Like we've been doing, and again, I came into a space where nobody was representing the, the fat woman, the fat girl, the plus size woman who loved to work out, mm -hmm. right? 
because there are plenty of plus size women who get up, who go to the gym every day, who take care of themselves, who eat well. Mm-hmm. They just happen yes. to be in a fat body. Yeah. That doesn't mean they don't love themselves. And nine times, a lot of times they're more healthy than some people who may be in a skinny body. And mm. so I really wanted to show that, that the body that you're in doesn't necessarily represent how healthy you are. Cause that's the other thing people love to say to fat people is like, oh, you're so unhealthy. I might be healthier than you. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. just because you're, you're, you know, 110 pounds, you could smoke cigarettes every day. You can eat garbage every day and be way less healthier than me. Yeah. Right. Yes. It, it doesn't matter. So I, I really wanted to show that, that there are plus size women who love working out, who yes. love eating well, mm-hmm. who, you know what I mean? Like who love living a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Two things can be true at the same time. They can't. Okay. So body shaming also can go many ways. Mm-hmm. As you just mentioned, people will use the word fat in a way to bring you down. Right. And they'll say, you know, you're too thick, but people will also say you're too skinny. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. I, I have, yeah, I've had and heard people say about others, like, oh, she's too skinny. She needs to eat something. Or why is she that? But it's not that that person doesn't eat and it's not that they're not healthy and they may feel shame because of that too. So here's my question though. Anyone listening to this podcast, right? Whether you are man, woman, tall, short, thick, thin, whatever. How do we collectively, what is your suggestion? How do we navigate this and collectively break these unrealistic beauty standards? Because that's what it is. It really comes down to you're supposed to fit in this box or this is the size or this is the color or this is the height even. So how do we break that? I don't think it's necessarily something that can be broken because it's been set in place for so long, right? Mm, Especially mm -hmm. with women, especially with men, but there can be companies, brands who try to make those people feel welcome. Because when I first started out, people thought FBF was only for plus size black women, right? That because I'm a plus size black woman. So, you know, my skinny girls were like, well, I can't buy FBF. And I'm like, yes, you can. Like, it's not just, for again. And so I had to then start representing them as well, because I am the face of FBF and have for the most part been the face of FBF. But then I started to bring, so we have what's called the snatch squad. And those are my girlfriends. Those are my friends and models who literally represent, you know, a size six, a size 22, you know, someone who is more slimmed with a longer torso, longer legs, someone who has a full pot, someone who's pregnant. So literally you see a representation, you know, we've used Latina models, we've used Caucasian models. So it's like, I want you to know that this is a space where Mm. everybody is welcome. Yes. So that's it, right? I think that's actually how we break those beauty standards is saying that there is no standard. (laughs) Right. There is no standard. There is no standard, but there's still going to be people who are going to have their standards, right? So it's like, we can't, it's not going to be, nothing's ever going to be obsolete and we break it. Yes. We would love for that to happen Mm -hmm. in in the imaginary world, but you know, that would be the same thing like thinking we never want to see racism again. That's never going to happen. Right. As long as we live in the United States, I just don't think it's ever going to happen, but that's one of those. But again, we can fight against the norm. Yeah. And create safe spaces and create safe spaces. That's what's important. Everybody is included in this community. And again, I always had to. So 
uh, I had to again re-express the verbiage that this is for anybody who may not feel comfortable necessarily completely comfortable in the body that they're in they may want to change something but they they love it but they still might want to change them so that that could be you could have just had a baby and you're 120 pounds but you don't feel like your old self you know what I'm saying so you want to be in a space where you can be with other people who are collectively trying to stay consistent right who can help you stay accountable with your goals whatever those goals may be because you may not, there is always something that you might want to improve upon. And I'm not going to say change, but improve upon because you might not want to lose weight, but you just might want to become a little bit more consistent. Right. For me, I'm like, because people would see me and they're like, Oh, why are you going to the gym? You don't have to lose weight. And I'm like, because I want to be strong because I have a son who likes to play ball and I need to D him up. So he knows that you ain't getting past mom. (laughs) Or I have, you know, you Mm want to be healthy. I say this all the time. This is your body is the only place your soul gets to live. You don't get a new one. This is your only home. Mm. You know, we can upgrade a new house if we want to. We can downgrade to a new house. We can get a new car. You know, we can trade an old one in for a new model. We can't do that with our body. Yeah. So this is the only body our soul gets to live in. Mm. So you have to take care of it. Yeah. That's a great perspective. And that looks, and that is my mission is like, I want you to take care of yourself and, the best and, way that you can. And, and look good doing it. <laughs> exactly. And look cute while you're doing it. Because that's the other thing about it is that women have been left out, especially plus size women have been left out of, again, the athletic space of looking cute. You tell us to go work out because we're fat, but then you want us to look ugly while we're there. You don't want to make the clothes to fit our bodies while we're there so that we can be cute and feel good about ourselves. Because you, we all know that when you look good, you feel good, right? That's right. So when you feel go good, you play on, good. When you play good, you win. Let's go. Exactly. If I can go put on a cute workout outfit, that's half the battle. It's like, I'm ready to go, right? But so many women have been stuck in that feeling uncomfortable, you know, and that's the other thing. I I don't sell clothes. I sell confidence. When people put on FBF, they feel confident. You know, I get messages from women and mothers in their 60s, girls saying my mom never felt comfortable to wear anything that was form fitting until now. She loves FBF. And that's the other thing. FBF is generational, right? Mm -hmm. I literally had someone buy their daughter who was like 10 a set and she posted and I was like literally from 10 years old to 70 years old you can put FBF on I saw that post and let me tell you the confidence that was glowing through that little girl's face and honestly that is the sexiest thing about a person right it's not just the way that they look and these societal beauty standards that are set it is confidence it's confidence I know, and I've noticed this, that, and this is like, this isn't just like relational. This is also friendship and all. I'm attracted to energy. Confidence is the energy that you bring to the room. And when you feel confident in yourself, then you show up with a different kind of energy. Absolutely. And that's what draws people in. That's Absolutely. what draws people in. And oh. imagine that little girl being able to wear that FBF as she grows into it, right? Cause it was a little big, right? But she's yeah. going to grow into it. And she's going to be like, oh, and then her mom's going to get her another one as she gets bigger and turns 12 or 13. And it's like, that's going to be something that she's going to be like, oh, and and she can literally grow into that and continue to wear it as she gets older. 
Yes, yes. So, you know, one thing that you mentioned is everybody wants to change something or, or we'll even say even be better in an area, but also everybody feels insecurities. A lot mm-hmm. of times we see individuals who, you know, you could be an entertainer or celebrity or just maybe somebody who you admire and they look so confident and they are portraying confidence. And, and maybe in that moment, they are standing in confidence, but that doesn't mean that they don't have insecurities that they're battling. So for you, what are some ways that you have managed insecurities? And I'm not even just saying physically as an entrepreneur, like that too, but just generally your mindset of how do you navigate any insecurity that may pop up so that you can stand fully and wholly in your confident presence? For me, battling my insecurities is really being a doer, right? So when I feel insecure about something, I look in myself and say, why do I feel insecure, right? And then what do I need to do so that I don't feel insecure in this area? So prime example, last year I spoke at Essence and they had the high top barstool chairs, right? And I was so insecure the whole time because I was at my heaviest I had been and crossing your legs on those bar stool chairs is so uncomfortable, right? I was going to say, first of all, that's uncomfortable and not easy for anyone. (laughs) Exactly, right? It's uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. And the whole interview, and I spoke on two panels, I was like so worried about how my legs were positioned keeping my legs together, were they looking too big? And it was then that I knew that I had to lose weight, right? And so it wasn't as if I had not been trying to, right? So again, I run a weight loss company. That's what I do. If I don't know how to do anything else, I know how to lose weight. I've helped thousands of people do it. But for whatever reason, and I figured out the reason, it wasn't working, right? I had been going to a personal trainer. I had been meal planning. I had been doing all the things that I knew to do. Do you um, mind sharing the reason when you say you to, figured out the reason oh, why no, I, I will. I was doing all the things. And so I went to my doctor and my doctor dismissed me. And I'm like, you know, something's wrong. Like I'm doing all the things. I told her, I'm like, I'm concerned about my weight. I said, because I am doing all the things that I know to do to lose the weight. I'm I'm not eating hard. Like I am a healthy person. Like I live this lifestyle. I have lived this lifestyle for over a decade. So I know what to do. And she was like, well, maybe you need weight loss surgery. And I'm like, no, ma'am, I don't like that's I don't need that. And again, I would go, it was like my second appointment. And I'm like, you know what? I've mentioned this to you for the second time. I was like, you know, I want you to do a blood workup, makeup. Oh, well, no. So I found a new doctor. One of my friends who's in my investment group, she runs a juice bar and she has like eight juice bars. And she was talking about the same thing. Like, you know, how she knows how to lose weight. It's been easy for her. And then all of a sudden it wasn't right. And she found this doctor in Beverly Hills. The doctor did all the blood work, makeups, everything. Right. So I called the same doctor. Like literally I went, called the same doctor in Beverly Hills. Now here I am in Philadelphia calling a doctor in Beverly Hills. As soon as I spoke to the receptionist, I said, I want to come in and have all of this done, hormone testing. They were like, okay, no problem. Now, again, my doctor here, oh, no, we can't do this. We come to find out I was insulin resistant. Wow. Which is why the weight wasn't coming off. Yep. Mm. Way to be your own advocate, by the way. That is something well, that women are also up against. <laughs> yeah, so that's another thing that I am. I am also an advocate for you know medical advocacy and speaking up for yourself, advocating for yourself medically, because I don't know if you know, but I also have a brain disorder. So Mm -hmm. that 
was the same thing. You know, I had to advocate for myself when I found out I had a brain disorder. My mm-hmm. doctors dismissed me. I told them something was wrong with me. They were like, they wanted to give me all these tests. I'm like, no, give me an MRI. I have insurance, right? I, I'm a teacher. My insurance is amazing. Didn't want to do it. Want to do all the things but the MRI. Again, I changed doctors. Went to the new doctor. First thing they did, give me the MRI. Oh, you have a brain disorder. Oh my goodness. I'm like, I've been telling y'all something was wrong with me. Nobody wanted to listen to me. So then when this thing happened with my weight, again, I know how to lose weight. There's nothing that you can't tell me about losing weight. That's and I, I know my body. I know exactly. my rhythms. I, yep. Mm-hmm. Come to find out I was insulin resistant. So then they had to put me on medication. I've lost 57 pounds since then. Yeah. Right. So for me, when I feel insecure, it's normally because I'm not fully educated in something or don't know how to solve it. Or I've probably been trying to solve it, but what I've been doing hasn't been working. Mm -hmm. So then I go and seek out help from other people Mm -hmm. that can help me get to where I need to be. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm a, I don't know if you also know, I'm a retired school teacher. So I'm all about educating myself. I think many times we feel insecure when we don't feel like we have the resources, the education to get to the next step. Yeah. So that's why I'm so big, again, on providing people with resources, education, and telling them, okay, well, no, you can do this, or you can do this, or you can go. So then I shared that whole story with my community, because I'm sure there's somebody in my community who's going through the same exact thing. And I'm sure there's somebody listening to this who's going through a very similar situation as well. Exactly. And can't figure out why it's not working for them. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. But you brought up a good point. As soon as you noticed the insecurity, you went in and said, where is this coming from? And by trying to figure out the source of that insecurity, it gives you more clarity about what actions are possible for you to respond to it in a healthy way. Absolutely. Because a lot of times we don't, you know, know why we feel insecure about something. It could be, again, like you said, you're jealous because your friend's on vacation or you can be looking at somebody's business as an entrepreneur and they might be having amazing sales and your sales are slow. But do you really know the whole picture? Right. Mm-hmm. You're only looking at the outside. And so I also go to therapy. So when there's something that comes up and I can't really pinpoint it, I then ask my therapist. I'm like, OK, here's the thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's go back and to see why I feel like this. Yes. Everybody should have a person. I'm a huge advocate for therapy. <laughs> Right. Because they give you a a different insight than Mm -hmm. what you have yourself, because we Mm -hmm. can be self-aware, but we don't always know why things are happening or why we're triggered by things and what they tie into. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you need people to probe you with some questions to be like, oh, okay, now I see why I'm triggered. Right. Yes, exactly. And it helps you to get out of your head, especially with someone who does have the professional experience and someone who also has the education, right? right? We feel bad about anything in our lives. We tend to isolate. And by isolating, you're now creating more distance from the help that you need or the resources that you need or, or what have you. But if you have someone that is a safe space where you can talk through anything that you're going through, then now you have that person who can also help you to find what will help you. Right. Absolutely. Mm. I know that it's messy, like growth. <laughs> And discovery, all of it is super clumsy, but the way that you have talked about overcoming so many different challenges, it's with this, I would say like determination, right? A really just a deep desire 
to be the best version of yourself. And maybe it's a better version. I'm not going to speak for you in that, but it seems like you have something inside of you that helps you to continue to say, okay, here's this challenge. How am I going to respond to it? And that's something Mm -hmm. I'm really big on is like teaching yourself how to take a beat, to go inward and then to respond. But I know not everybody has that, right? And you can build it, but what advice would you give to someone who is struggling to get on the other side of whatever is weighing them down, whatever challenge they're up against? What kind of advice would you give to them? You know, my favorite thing is that life is life in, right? Life, life's for everybody. Nobody is exempt from bad things, good things. And so it's really about perspective, you know? All the things that I've been through in my life, like I could literally be sitting in my house collecting a disability check for the rest of my life and never doing anything else because I am permanently disabled, right? I am legally disabled. So I could do that, right? I could feel sorry for myself. Woe is me. But for me, it was really looking at a different perspective and being able to say, How can I share this life that I've been given and these experiences that I've been given with other people and showing them that it is possible? There is possibility, right? There is possibility on the other side. And so my advice is to look at what's possible, not looking at what is impossible or what is hindering you, right? Look at what you can do. I always call my community and I like to call them out. I'm like, I don't want to be around people who are not doers. We are yes. doers, right? Yes. We are not excuse makers. We are doers. We are solution-based. Mm. Find the solution, yeah. okay? You got laid off your job, find the solution. Mm-hmm. What can you do, right? Mm-hmm. Take three days. I always say feel, deal, heal, right? Mm. Feel it, deal with it, mm-hmm. and then move on. Yes. But you have to feel it first, right? A lot of people like to skip that part. Because uh, there's so- no feeling if there's no feeling. <laughs> right. They like to skip that part. They like to, oh, ain't nothing wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm strong. No, it's mm-hmm. okay to be weak at times. Because in the times when you sit and be weak, that's when you can also find clarity. Yep. yep. Right? Because when you felt it, now it's like, okay, I feel all my feelings. I know how I feel about this. Now, what do I do about it? Mm-hmm. What's the solution? What is the action? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I can either sit here and wallow in it or I can find the solution and do it in spite of. Yes. And so I'm actually coming, working on a journal. We were just talking to the team of journaling those times when you've come up against something, but you've done it in spite of how did you overcome? Please sign me up to be like, give me the link. Where can I get that? (laughs) Cause that is so good. Oh my. So that's something that I teach. Um, it's called confidence checkpoints and the way that you build your confidence when you find yourself in a stressful moment is pausing right now and taking inventory of all the small wins that you've had before the times where you didn't want to do it. And you stepped up anyway, the times where things were against you and you were able to overcome it. And when you think about that, Then what happens is you start to feel this momentum building inside Mm -hmm. of you because you recognize if I did it before, then I can can do do it again. again. Yes. Oh, that journal is going to be powerful. Yeah. So it it is literally a journal of every time you overcame. Ooh. So that you said, like you said, you can look back and say, well, damn, I did that. (laughs) Exactly. I did that. 
But it's funny, we get so caught up and fixated on looking at the times it didn't go right. And we, uh, all the woe is me and, oh, but it didn't work this time. And so it's not, I mean, that's the default. And I think it's worth mentioning here for our listeners that there is a little biology that you're up against, if you will, that our brains try to protect us. And so because of that, they're going to analyze all of the different risks. And by analyzing those risks, it's very easy to get caught up in the negative. But you heard Zakia mentioned earlier that if you just adjust your focus and stop looking at the problem and you look at the possibilities, that's going to change your perspective and your energy. And it's going to give you new ways of attacking and taking action against that. All it is, it's the same thing. It's just shifting your focus. And also not looking at the times that didn't work as failure. Yes. Come on. The time, for me, the time that didn't work, it was never a failure. It's always a lesson. Mm. Never a failure. Like mm. never. Mm. I, I will never look at anything in my life and say, I didn't do that. But mm-hmm. also not to toot my own horn, but I am somebody who does everything I say I'm going to do. Uh, you can toot that horn and loudly. That, that's just me. And my mom has always told me that she's like, everything that you said you were going to do, mm-hmm. you have done. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even if there was, again, we're not going to say a failure. We're going to say a lesson. Even if there was a lesson that I had to learn along the way, what that lesson did was allow me to regroup, refocus, re-strategize so that ultimately I would get to my goal. Can you give us an example of one of those lessons? I feel like you have something top of mind. Love to hear it. How many? It, it's I know. Literally. <laughs> what's, the, what's our time frame here? I know. Be, listen, being a business owner, it is really, really hard. It is not all smooth sailing. And when we get into this and when you have the drive to do something, anything, you're going to fall a few times. So, so I know you got one. I got one. So we'll talk business really quickly. So couple years ago, I want to say 2017, um, my doctors told me I could no longer work out. They said, if I wanted to walk by the time I was 50, I had to stop. I used to train five days a week, like literally like balls to the wall train. And they said, if you want to walk by the time you're 50, you need to chill out because I have no cartilage in my knees. Right. Mm. I have herniated disc in my back. Mm. My neck is all jacked up. Like, Working out excessively and, you know, to a fault can damage your body. It can do more harm than good. And many people don't know that. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know, I was, I got in my feelings. I'm like, how do I have this fitness company? And you're telling me I can't work out. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I do. That's how I keep the people motivated. Right. That's a part of my brand. And so I had to pivot again. This is where the lesson came into play. Cause again, many people would say, well, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm done. Right. Mm -hmm. No. So I was still continuing to eat well, still, again, living my lifestyle as I always do, right? Again, this is my lifestyle. This is not something that I just do for my business. Like I eat well, you know, I like to stay active. I like to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. So I showed, I was very transparent with my audience. I told them, of course, I started to gain weight, right? And then the people started talking, you know, social media is, you know, but I never, I didn't disappear. I didn't hide. Mm -hmm. I still showed up, right? Because mm-hmm. this is life yeah. and life happens. Yeah. And so I'm going to show you that even though this thing has happened to me, it's not going to deter me from my message. Right. Yes. So in that process of me gaining weight, I started to wear shapewear. Right. Mm-hmm. And 
I had found this amazing shapewear and I posted it on Snapchat and literally like 800 people had took a screenshot of it. So I was like, well, hell, if, you know, all of these people are screenshotting it, then I need to be selling this, right? So I literally literally looked looked up the manufacturer. I called them and this was probably like on a weekend. So I found their email. I sent an email to their sales department. I asked them, did they wholesale? I showed them my website and everything and asked them would they partner with me. And they were like, okay, you know, I already had this community that was built. I showed them, you know, the screenshots of everybody. Okay, I can sell this. Like, we can do this. And they were like, okay. They gave me like my minimum ordering, you know, my MOQ. And I ordered my first batch of shapewear and I started to sell it. Now we weren't, you know, sales work. Cause again, we go from selling t-shirts, athletic apparel to now selling shapewear. Right. Mm-hmm. So wasn't really selling. It was doing okay. You know, it was maybe like, we was selling like 25 pieces a month, I would say. Right. Mm-hmm. And then one day I was getting dressed and something, and this is before content creation was a thing. This is back when the old Instagram, when we like first <laughs> got like video. Right. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to get dressed and show people how to wear it. Mm. And that was the birth of getting dressed with Zah. Oh, let's go. <laughs> so literally for the past, I'm going to say four years now, I've been getting on Instagram in my panties and my bra and showing people how to get dressed. Yes. And literally once we started doing those videos, we went from doing 25 sales in shapewear a month to selling out, not being able to keep them in stock. Oh my god. Then having um Nina Parker, who is on E and does red carpet, she wears our shapewear every red carpet, literally selling like hotcakes. Oh my gosh. Right. So again, this is a time when I thought something wasn't going to work out. Mm-hmm. I thought me not being able to work out with, and I always say, I used to always make this joke. I was like, God made me fat again so I could get rich. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know why? You know why? Because you use that as a launching pad for growth where it could have been used for your destruction. And, right? it, and it also gave me the learning lesson. Again, the lesson, not the loss, mm-hmm. right? It gave me the lesson of being able to pivot when things aren't going our way. And when things are coming up against us that we don't expect again, how are you going to change the situation? Mm, And we take your power back. Exactly. We've all had to pivot with COVID. So then here comes another pivot. COVID comes. Nobody's going out anymore. Nobody needs a shapewear. Nobody needs a shaper. Cause guess what? Nobody can't go nowhere. Mm -hmm. Now what? So now our highest selling item can no longer be sold, Mm. right? Because nobody's outside. Mm -hmm. Now, what do I do? So then we had started selling leggings, you know, went back into our sets, maybe like right before the pandemic. Again, they were doing okay, right? Because people still knew us as an athleisure brand, but then we really started just to become a shapewear company. Like people Mm. then was just like, oh, this is Zosh. She has the best shapewear ever. So that was really the main focus for uh, several years. You know, our sets, they did okay. But then the pandemic comes, what's everybody in the house doing? They're working from home. They want to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. Next thing hits, our leggings, bestsellers, Mm. Good Morning America, The View. I mean, I try to tell people, you can't write this stuff. 
You really can't because there are so many factors that will be outside of your control, but it's the way you respond to them. That's going to make the impact in your life. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. It's really, like I said, it's really about looking at everything and trying to find a solution for it. That's why I like, they call me, I call myself the professional overcomer. And that's my team there after hearing my story, you know, I was in boarding school. I was a teen mom, domestic abuse survivor, so many things. Right. And so when people come to me and they're giving me their excuses, I'm like, okay, me too. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that makes a lot of people uncomfortable and a lot of people don't like me and that's cool. You know, I am for the people that God has assigned to me Mm -hmm. and the people that God has assigned to me are the people who will get it because everybody's not going to, you know, I I once was speaking to my medium and she was like, you make people feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. She says, so people tend not to like you. And that is because I hold people accountable. Mm -hmm. You you can't come to me with no BS. Mm -hmm. You can't come to me with no woe is me. You can't come to me with no excuses. And people don't like that. Mm -hmm. People don't Mm -hmm. like to be held accountable because I want you to be the best version of you. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're upset that I want you to be better, then you don't need to be here anyway, right? Well, then you don't want to be the best version of you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And too many people, they want their hands held. They want their hands held. They want to be coddled. Or uh, they just want it quick. Or they want it quick. And, you know, people look at me now and I'm like, but this is 10 years. Man, I know that journey's off. This is, this is 10 years years in the making and you don't even know what I've been going through personally in these 10 <laughs> years you know what I'm saying like when yes. I talk about like domestic abuse I've literally had a restraining order the whole time the whole time mm. I've had an order of protection mm. the whole time I've been in business mm. right mm. in my personal life mm. I've had you know to deal with court harassment in my personal life mm-hmm. all while putting on a brave face and encouraging other people. You know, I live with a brain disorder every day. I'm again, permanently disabled. Mm-hmm, so again, when people come to me with excuses, I'm like, but me too. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't, my brain don't work. You can't mm-hmm. top me. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. You can't go anywhere else with you. <laughs> you can't top me. And, and, yeah. and, and your brain works fine. So you coming to me with an excuse I think the other also reasons because people don't physically see me as being disabled. Right, 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 right. People can't physically see a disability. They Mm -hmm. think you're fine. They -hmm. think everything's okay. And so they're more empathetic towards people when they, you know, if I came to somewhere and I was in a wheelchair or, you know, Mm -hmm. I had a, I was an amputee or something like that, then people could physically see that I was a disabled person. Mm -hmm. But when your brain doesn't work right, nobody can see that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And when you're high functioning. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is why I'm so glad that we're having more conversations around mental health and wellness. And I know that's come out of the pandemic, right? The pandemic caused a a shock to all of our systems and the way that we live, the way that we work, all of that. But I think one of the best things that came from it is this openness and this deeper connection, this more empathic connection, if you will, to understand that people are going through stuff that you may never see. And you just gave several examples of that, (laughs) but you're right. It gets to be because our troubles kind of make us isolate ourselves or they make you take on that hat of being a victim. And then you create all these excuses. But I think what we find, and this is really one of the goals and my hope for this show is that you all hear my guests being very vulnerable about the things that they have been through or even currently going through. 
And without this show, you may not know that. I mean, maybe if you found them on other shows, but really we see people and we see their success or we see their body or we see their house. And based on a couple of things that we just hold on to, we start to create their whole story Uh when there's so much more beneath the surface. And I mean, I just want to thank you for sharing that, for giving so many gems. Here's something that I really resonate with you. A lot of things, but here's what's bubbling up at the top of my list. We are always going to go through something and our problems are going to be shaped in different ways and they're going to come in different seasons. But the way that you respond to all of it is what is going to create your legacy in this world. Absolutely. Right now, Zakia, you are leaving an amazing and beautiful legacy, not just for women, not just for women who are thick, not just for black women but for people in general. And I want to thank you for standing wholly in your authentic self and not letting anything hold you back or weigh you down from shining because all of this, this entire exchange has been so life-giving for me. And I know that it is for my listeners as well. I, I, I have have one question before we wrap up. I'm going to ask you to finish the sentence, please. Beauty is. Beauty is love. I have truth bumps. I just got covered with truth. Please, please expand on that. Oh, I'm going to get emotional. I operate again from a place of love. And I know my delivery is not always the best. It may be harsh at times for some people, but everybody who knows me knows that there is never any malice to anything I say or do because I really love everybody. And I want you to love yourself, right? When you love yourself, when you feel loved, when you can give love, that is life-changing. And at the end of the day, everything comes from love. You know, when we talk about, you know, I was a teacher for over a decade. And, you know, every year I had an eighth grader who was pregnant, right? They were lacking love, right? When people have low self-esteem, fat women, they feel looked over skinny women they feel looked over you know any kind of woman any kind of man like when people lack love they search for that love in other places and then that can lead to them being susceptible to abuse right low Mm self-esteem so when we are loved and when we can love ourselves because it starts with the self-love but some people can't even love themselves enough and they have to have other people show them first Right, because I I hate that that saying that you know nobody else is gonna love you if you don't love yourself. I hate that because some people don't know how to love themselves because they've never been loved, Mm. they've been abused, they don't know what love is until somebody else comes and shows them. This is love, right? You can't. You might not be able to love you. Sometimes you can't love yourself if you've never experienced love. If you don't have that example. If you've never had that example. So sometimes it does take for somebody else to show you what love is Mm. for you to then start to show, to love yourself. So I want to show love and I want to show that everybody is beautiful, you know, because some people feel they don't look a certain way, right? Mm. Oh, I could never do this. I'm not pretty. Like I, I do this thing called the, I love her project. And I would ask girls write down the first things that, you know, the top 10 things you love about yourself. And the first thing they would do is write down everything they hated. And I'm like, no, I said, tell me what you love. 
And the fact that so many young girls can't even start, and even women, because I would have the teachers and the aides do it as well. Oh, well, I hate my, no, that's not what I asked you, mm-hmm. right? Tell me what you love about yourself. And so when we start to have that conversation about love, and then that also goes into beauty standards, right? Because when you're young, you tell girls, you're beautiful, you're this, you're that, you're queen. But then when they start to embody that, then it's, you're conceited, you're too much. Which one is it? Yes. <laughs> now I'm confused. I don't know. Do what you want me to love myself or do mm. you want me to humble myself? Mm. Right? Mm. And so then you get stuck in that. Like, oh, again, I know I can do this. I know I can do that. I know I'm smart. I'm a good person. I'm beautiful. Don't say it too loud, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, say it loud. Yes. And don't be ashamed. And don't let anybody tell you that you can't say it loud. Mm. Say it loud and stand strong. Mm. Thank you so much. Listen, you all are celebrating 10 years. I wish you so much love and so much success for another 10 years and another after that and another after that. But it it does take a lot of work and community to be able to get to this point. And so I just want to celebrate you and all that you've done and all that you've accomplished. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being all that you. you are. Thank you. We friends now. We're, we're friends in real life. We're friends in real life. <laughs> oh, well, Zaki is doing wonderful things with FBF. Make sure you go and check her out on Instagram and all the social media outlets. Is there anywhere particular that you want to point people or anything that they can look out for? Our 10 year anniversary is coming up. It's at the W in Philadelphia, August 12th through 14th. We have some amazing speakers. We're going to be focusing on, again, loving ourselves, mental health, physical health, financial health, just holistically the things that keep us healthy and loving on ourselves. So if you are in the Philadelphia area, you can get a ticket at fbfbody.com. We will be taking over the W for the weekend. It's so that's amazing. You'll see me there. I'll be getting off of a plane. In my head, I'm like, I think I want her to interview my people because (laughs) we'll come out to the W and come support FBF. And by supporting them, you are supporting and loving on yourself. So we hope to see you out there August 12th through the 14th at the W in Philadelphia. We'll make sure all those information is in the show notes. Zakia, thank you again for being here. Thank you so much. This has been In the Details. If you like the show, tell a friend. For more shows like this, go to success.com slash podcasts.